When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome into Purple Daily. No Mackie today. He is uh, traveling out and about for the 4th of July weekend. So you'll have to put up with me and executive producer Declan Goff. Yes, it is the cast of Judd's Hockey Show Mm. on Purple Daily because we are that versatile. We are that able to handle the utility position here at Score North. A couple fourth-line grinders coming in for a a big penalty kill here. I prefer to think of myself as third line, but you can think of yourself as fourth line. Well, it depends on what team. Yeah. Fourth line Islanders, yeah, I'll take fourth that. Fourth line Islanders, fourth line Lightning, I'll, I'll take those uh, two. Yeah, 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 I'll take those two. Now, if it's fourth line for the Coyotes, then no. No, third line that'd be bad. On, on that team. All right, it is read your comments on Purple mm-hmm. Daily. That means Declan, or nearly it's Phil, but today it's Declan, yep. has gone through your comments. I believe the word I'm looking for is parsed through them. Yes. And he has found some of the best ones. Criticisms, uh, praise, praises, whatever. Declan the floor is yours. Yeah. Let's start with this one from uh, from Bill. Because uh, we were actually, I believe, talking about this with Doogie the other day. And it is relevant because there's also, I saw, I think it was Field Yates who threw out this idea also on ESPN.com earlier this week. He said, the last remaining priority for the Vikings is to sign Harrison Smith. And mm-hmm. Bill wants to know, what should Harrison Smith's next contract with the Vikings look like? Hmm. So I think what you're going to have is he's got a year left on his contract, but he has no guaranteed money left in the contract. So they'll probably Correct. they'll probably fix that up. I would give him, if I was the Vikings, a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't give him five years because at his age now, what? He's, thir- he's, he's 32. Yeah, so I'd give him three years. And I think the most important thing will be the guaranteed. So it won't be... The one thing about football contracts is don't be fooled by the overall number. Those are padded and they look yep. impressive and they mean nothing. The only thing that means something is how much guaranteed cash is actually in the contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not going to break the bank for him now at this age. You know, three years ago, you certainly would have. This is not a criticism of his play. It's just the reality the, of his yeah. position and age. So I would say term would be three years, and and I'm, I'm not right now looking at what the competitive safety contracts are. But I mean, I'd give him a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also has to be he has to be willing to play ball as far as helping the salary cap from a team standpoint too, sure. because there are players now 
who are more important to the long-term future of this club than Harrison Smith. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would probably look for a three-year deal. He's 32 years old. I would say that of all the defensive positions, the one that has longevity into it and you don't hit a cliff and fall off is safety. Like you can, I think, play safety mm-hmm. at a pretty decent level into your 30s. You know, like what when sure. you hit 29 at a DB, the cliff, it's almost like running back. Well, cornerbacks like, are corner, yeah, when you're ripe a, to drop off. When you're a cliff. cornerback, you hit 28, 29. Yep. Look at Patrick Peterson right now, 30, 31. I mean, just whew, you can't keep up anymore. I mean, there's people, it's just a scientific fact. That when you're 31 and you're going against the Justin Jeffersons who are 23, 24, they're faster than you, dude. And and this is also just a league that is now emphasizing pass game and and it's so hard for defensive players not to commit a penalty these days. Um, so I, I would give them probably a three year deal, you know, up to I don't know 35, 40 million with 20 guaranteed. I'd have you know, to look at what the safety contracts are he, right he now. Made ten and a, he's made 10 and a half basically the last three seasons in his cap. His, so I, I would bet they're probably looking at a similar eight to 10, seven to $10 million cap hit with, you know, that sign, like you said, the signing bonus up front and the guaranteed yeah. money. But, but I, I would probably go a three year deal. I think that'd be fair. And that's, that's fair because that's probably it. Exactly. Like I can't see him playing. I'm, he might want to. I can't see him playing to 38 or something. So, sure. yeah, three years seems fair. Uh, I think I'm going to pronounce this name correctly. Giantano. It sounds very Italian. And uh, as an Irish lad who can't read really well, I'm going to call you Gio. I bet his buddies call him Gio. He says Mike Zimmer is Marvin Lewis. Now, <laughs> I think I know what he's trying to say in the terms of regular season success and not a lot of necessarily postseason success. Now, I will say, I don't know if Marv Lewis never won a playoff game, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer at least has two under his resume. I know both of them came in miraculous fashions, but regardless, he has two. Marv Lewis doesn't have zero. Right. Is Mike Zimmer and Marvin Lewis a fair comparison, Judd? The jury is still out. Mm, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a so punch. It's not there. a hard no or a yes. Interesting. The jury is still out, and I see the comparison. I've heard the comparison, but you know what, Declan? I mean, and this is what makes this fun. 2021 is going to answer a lot of questions, right? Yep. Because, I mean, Mike's still here. Kirk is still here. Like, the the book on those two people in particular has not been written yet completely. There's chapters that are done, but it's not been written yet completely. So I'm not going to, in July of 2021, say, yeah, you know what? He's Marvin Lewis. It's not, it didn't work. Like, he was successful, but it didn't work. I get the comparison. but. I think that we need to take a step back, look at what the Vikings did as far as rebuilding the defense, yep. and say that there is a very important chapter to be written. It's probably pretty fair to say. I mean, the, the, with the offensive linemen that are coming in here, the defense being patchworked, again, I don't buy that it's a top 10 defense. I know that's the goal. I, just, I don't buy it. I think I, it has I, to I be. Just, I, don't, well, I think people might get fired if it's not. Sure. I just I don't see any situation where it goes back to being twenty seventeen to nineteen defense. I I just I mean twenty seventeen. But I mean, was okay, let's say we're talking. Defense. But let's say we're talking not a top five, but a top ten. Like they're ninth, they're eighth, and and the most important one again is scoring defense. So yep. I don't care about yards. yards. You yep. can give and up yards. Yep. Give up garbage time yards. Yep. That that's the most misleading Correct. thing. Ben, don't break. Um, well, right, but I, and it also like if you have a big lead in the fourth quarter, yep. and a team gashes you, you don't really care that much. But yep. anyway. Uh, I think they need to be top 10, and especially, like, I think they absolutely have to be 6 to 10 in scoring defense, or else it could be trouble. 
Yeah, I, I, I would say it's just, it's going to be more realistic that they're probably like 12 to 15. I just think that's where they're going to be. I think they'll be like a slightly above average league average defense. You better take the offensive gloves off a little bit more then. then I, oh, I don't, I don't blame you there. Uh, that's actually a good segue. So Tim wants to know, or you notice, I should say, hmm? I never see Zim talk to Kirk. Yep. I did see him talk to Teddy. Why doesn't Zimmer like to talk to Kirk Cousins, or at least doesn't like to publicly show that he talks to Kirk Cousins? Judd, put on your beat writer hat and tell me why he doesn't like to talk to Kirk as much as he did his uh, best friend, Teddy Bridgewater. Well, one, he definitely talks to Kirk during practice, so he's talking about during games. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, the explanation to start with is Teddy was a rookie, and then he, he was a young quarterback, and Mike probably, well, one, he was closer for sure to, to Teddy than he is to Kirk. And two, Mike probably at that point in time thought that he could impart some wisdom with a young QB who was still trying to learn on the fly back then. Kirk's a veteran. But I think the reality is this. I think more and more Mike has just become the overlord of the defense, don't you? I think he's the defensive guy. And I think that he trusts the quarterback uh, quarterback's coach to talk to Kirk. And I don't think he has a lot to say to to Kirk. And look, I mean, I don't know how you would classify their relationship accurately, but I certainly wouldn't say it's close. (laughs) So, yeah, I think Mike is, I think Mike is, it's not going um, overboard to say his primary concern is the defense. And that's what he's focused on. And he, he weighs in on offense for sure. But does he talk to position players during games? I don't think so. Not much. If he does, it's as they're going by him. I mean, that that might be the one thing. There might be times he says stuff to Kirk, yeah, but it's not on the bench when Kirk goes and sits down, which he, he does to, to look at the iPad. It's as he walks by Mike. Yeah, it, he's, I mean, he's head coach defense. He's head coach defense. Yeah, but I mean, and, he, he's a defensive guy. And I like, you know, I, I, I'm still bullish that Clint Kubiak can take off the gloves eventually. Yeah, um, you're dreaming. Yep, I know, and I, I dream you're, a lot. I'm a dreamer. You're I'm the a, dreamer of this yep. show. That, that's what Thanks, I am. John Lennon. Um, <laughs> Brennan wants to know, can we get a QB that actually stands up to Zimmer, and should Kirk stand up more to Zimmer's philosophies? Now, if he does, it would be behind the scenes almost entirely. It wouldn't be something that we would see play out. Um yeah, I mean, I think somebody should, but I, I don't know the quarterback. I don't know Kirk Cousins has the personality to win the argument. Um, when Mike got the job here, so this is where I got fooled. When Mike got hired in 2014 and brought in Noor, right, to run the, the offense, I thought, this is marvelous. He is hiring a coach who's been a head coach or a coordinator who's been a head coach, which at that point in time, Mike had not been. And I thought that's really that's empowering. Like he's going to give Norv the offense to run, and Norv's going to, and he did until he didn't like what he saw, and that's what I didn't think about at the time. Every time Mike sees things he doesn't like, he sort of comes back and like we we got to run more. Why aren't we running more? And I think that's become very clear that coordinators have grown tired of of that, including Norv. So. I would have I would have loved to have seen somebody stand up to Mike. I would not be surprised, Dex. And I don't know what the conversations were like. But DeFilippo certainly did as far as strategy. Like he stood up to him. Mm-hmm. He ran he ran an offense that Mike despised. He fired him in season. So that's what we saw. So I, the problem is I think if Kirk stood up to him, he would tell Kirk to shut up and sit down. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen what happens when a coordinator stands up to him, which is 
they lose their job. Yeah. Or or they're forced to quit. Mike wants to know if Zimmer had Tom Brady in the, over the last five years, would the Vikings have won a Super Bowl? Mm. Uh, uh, just five years, go back to 2017, starting in 2017, the Keenum year. Because mm-hmm. I think they might have. Uh, because I do think Brady has so much street credibility that I think Mike might have shut up and just hands off and let yeah that, and and let Brady do what Brady wanted yeah uh, that defense also was fantastic I don't think there's any way they get pasted in Philadelphia as bad oh, no, no no if Tom Brady is your quarterback so I like that question like I think the immediate response is oh no they still wouldn't have I'm not so sure of that I think they could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota X Factors this season from Michael. He says the following: head coach, offensive line pass blocking, not just offensive line, but just very specific offensive line pass blocking. Yeah, that's a good one. Special teams, and then overall defensive line play. Would you say those are the safest X factors for the Vikings? I, love, I know you gave yours I yesterday. I love X factors. So I head love, coach, pass protection. That's pretty broad. Special teams. Yeah. Defensive line play. That's pretty broad. So yeah. yes, I think that's fair because. Special teams includes, I mean, your special teams was awful. It was absolutely awful. Couldn't return punts, <laughs> muffed punts. 18 punt yards. All it was year. just terrible. Uh, the kicker was, the kicker absolutely imploded. The punter was not <laughs> that good. So uh, defensive line includes Daniel Hunter's ability to bounce back at left end. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. It's probably too broad. We we probably would, would need to get a bit more specific with things, but if that's just a starting point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave says, "Can you imagine a Vikings Bills Super Bowl? Both teams snake bitten, goes into overtime, and ends in a tie because neither team will win." Now, of course, we can't have that happen in a Super Bowl. However, how much fun would it be to see a Vikings and Bills Super Bowl in 2021? Was that Dave? It was Dave. Okay, Dave. How could you say this? Because what would happen is Stefan Diggs. Oh my would God. catch the overtime winning yes. touchdown, beating Patrick Peterson. Come on. That's what would happen. Stefan Diggs would give the Bills their first ever Super Bowl win and make the Vikings 0-5 in Super Bowls with an overtime touchdown catch. More painful. That's Minnesota. More painful. The Bills is kicking the Vikings' ass in a Super Bowl and it's a blowout, or that scenario goes down and over or the, no the Diggs overtime dagger. No question. You see, I don't include personally. I don't include 41 Donut or the 2017 loss in Philly as, like, heartbreakers because the team got beat so bad. So, like, yeah, you you got to the conference championship game. It hurts that you lost. But those aren't, like, the rug got pulled out from under you. Atlanta is. 2009 is for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, can you imagine if Stefan Diggs beat you in the in the championship oh. game? And and again, it was, you know, Zim a Zim cornerback that got beat. Tell me that wouldn't be more painful, right? It'd be it'd be a lot more painful. Like if you lost forty one to three or something, you'd be like, Okay, that was an awful game and it's embarrassing. But I don't think it would be devastating. The disdain for Stefan Diggs in this town from Well, we the don't Vikings like people fans. that force their way out. But well, we've got problems. Look, look, look. Sports Dad's been thinking a lot about this of late, Dex. Okay. We got problems here. And here's the problem. And I mean, it's going to take it's going to take a therapy session that people have not conducted. Our, one of our biggest problems is it's a bigger deal that 
Ortiz got let go by the Twins, like that's our focus. How could he get let go? And yeah, it was a terrible move, okay? But the bigger problem that it, that it uh, came from that was our fear of being left and our hostility towards being left. It's like the Sano thing right now. Everyone's like, oh my God, if Miguel, he's going to become Ortiz. David Ortiz and that whole thing has put so, so much the fear of the Lord in us uh, that if a guy leaves, he's going to be massively successful because basically one guy was. And now when a guy like Diggs leaves, how could you leave us? Uh, we're so afraid of being left. We're like the the five-year-old kid whose mom goes out to run an errand and leaves him at home with grandma or something, and he starts crying, right? Like, that's our problem. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Stefan Diggs, look, Stefan Diggs called a spade a spade. He said, you you don't throw the ball enough here. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm sure he said, you signed this quarterback, and you still don't throw the ball enough? So I have no problem with his gripe. And the rest of the National Football League gifted you, or not the rest, a lot of the National Football League gifted you Justin Jefferson. Yep. I mean, the Vikings took him, so credit where credit is due. But I'm getting a little bit tired of of this thing like, oh, they, they, okay, I think he was the fifth receiver taken in the first round. Yep. He should have been the first. Yep. He was the fifth. You got very fortunate. No, 100%. Because you would have taken a receiver there. And it wouldn't have been somebody nearly as good, I don't think, as this guy. Woof. But good. You got fortunate. That's awesome. Woof. Um, Stone Biscuit wants to know, who is the toughest Vikings quarterback of all time? Toughest. Oh, Joe Cap, without a doubt. Joe Cap. Joe Cap, uh, who who replaced uh, Tarkington and led the Vikings to their first Super Bowl. He might not have replaced Tarkington immediately, but he came here and led the Vikings to the Super Bowl in which they lost to the Chiefs. And he he was the one who who coined the phrase 40 for 60, which was the roster size at that time. Sure. Uh, and so we, we got 40 guys to play for an entire game. Joe Cap once, I believe it was in the NFL championship game, back when that game was played, it was played at Met Stadium, which basically served at the time as the conference title game is now. Uh, they played Cleveland, and Joe Cap, I think it was a linebacker, ran into him and knocked him out cold. So like a quarterback knocked out a linebacker. That's pretty damn impressive. That is awesome. He was the toughest. He was the toughest QB, I would say, in Vikings history. Uh, last one here from Joseph, but we could go along with this one. And, and apologies for putting you a bit on the spot here, but he wants to know mm. what are the five worst Vikings moments in franchise history? At least five that come to mind. Not you don't have to give me one through five in terms of the worst from the worst one through five. Oh but sure, yeah. Five worst like Vikings this. moments. I like this okay. in franchise history. So I'm going to give this a broad interpretation. Okay. And and so I'm going to cuz like worst means to me most embarrassing, which I I've, I've got some, <laughs> but I'm also going to go with worst as in most heartbreaking, yeah. gut-wrenching. Yep. 98. Okay. When Gary missed, when Anderson missed, I believe that would have given the Vikings a 10-point lead and they were going to go at that point to yeah. the Super Bowl and they didn't. Uh, that then spun off a s- series of events that ended with the Morton Anderson field goal. But I, I would say that whole second half, which actually started, I think it was on one of the last plays in the first half with the uh, Chuck Smith beat Stucy and, and Cunningham fumbled the ball and the Falcons got a touchdown. So anyway, that game, 2009 for sure, and the far pass 
and 12 men in the huddle. I'll, I'll combine all of those things. But again, 12 men in the huddle is hard to do. Yeah. And you did it That's coming out of a timeout. Out. Yes. At one of the most pivotal moments in franchise history. Like that was worse than anything. That was worse than the far pass. Yeah, I agree. You illegally substituted. Right. It's not even possible. Out of a timeout. too. Out of a timeout. Yeah. It'd be one thing if it wasn't a timeout. Yeah. But I mean, it would be, it's rare at any time. So uh, 2009, 1998, off the field, the Love Boat. Love Boat, yeah. Love Boat was a complete disaster. It was beyond embarrassing. I mean, you had you had a sex party. <laughs> you had, so here's the thing that I don't think we talk about enough. By week 2005, the players decide they rent two boats. Go out on Lake Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. Al and Alma's was the boat company. Okay, they rent two boats, and then I think one was one was a sex boat and one was not. Okay, and they went so far as to import strippers yep. from Atlanta, Georgia, from the strip clubs, which I guess are just highbrow gray strip clubs. I don't know, but I've heard I've been to Buckhead. I've not been to strip clubs um, in Atlanta. So anyway, but what they allow to happen. And this is where, like, it becomes beyond embarrassing. They don't bring in their own wait staff. So there are high school kids from Minnetonka High School on the sex boat as the servers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So that's the problem. That's where if you had run a sex party with all adults who knew what was going to happen and and nobody got abused, right? right? So, like, let's say everyone was allowed. You knew that there was going to be... Um, some uncomfortable scenes on that boat, but you're my age and you're tending bar and you're being paid well, you're probably going to say, okay, cool. You know, I mean, I'm being paid well. Mm-hmm. They allowed kids, I believe it was Minnetonka High School predominantly, who had jobs. So, like, there were high school kids on this boat. Like, there were underage kids. Oh, my God. Like, as waitresses. My buddy and I... So in in the course of that whole thing, when it, it blew up, because it started with a, it started the day after they came back from the buy, I believe it was. Care Eleven on the news that night had some quick report about a boat party, and it was sort of this. You didn't really know what was it, what sure. it was about. So it blows up into this huge story, and my friend from the strip, um, he was the cops reporter at the time, so he knew way more about how to access criminal information and stuff. Yeah, and. David Shannon and I, at one point, that that was his name, we drove out to Shorewood because we had a lead on one of the kids who had been on the boat. Uh, a girl had been on the boat, high school kid. And, like, they were, the legal action was coming from, like, what they had seen and stuff. Right, Dex? Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget, we went out to Shorewood. It was way out there. Nice house. 70s house. Had a long window by the front door. So, like, a window that you could see so we get to the door and knock on the door and her dad comes he's like hi what's going on we're like we're from the star tribune and you know we we know that your daughter blah 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 and if she'll talk we'd like to talk to her about what she saw because this is a big story now and the dad was very nice about it and i'll never forget seeing the kid fly down the stairs and she probably she's probably 17 18 tops she flew down the stairs, comes to the door and says, we got nothing to say and slams the door. And my only guess was the lawyers had said, if we're going to get 
a settlement here. We can't be talking. Can't be talking to the press. We, we can't. But the kid handled the dad oh like she was the parent. Good Lord. And so that was that. And Shannon and I were like, okay, cool. Bye. See ya. And left. But that whole thing was such an embarrassment. And and that was when the Wilts had just bought the team. And so like the Wilfs were. Right. And then they sent poor Ticey out to answer all the questions. And Mike had no no business being asked. I mean, that should have been handled by a legal department of some sort. Right. But the Vikings weren't like now I think they would do a better job. It was awful. So that's my third one because that was beyond embarrassing. And and that also turned out that the Vikings at that point in time, and I don't know if they were in the minority or majority here in 2005, they didn't have an official security team. So like now every team has a security person and like they travel with them. Uh, and we're, we're talking former cops or FBI agents and stuff. So, like, they're good. They know what they're doing. At this point in time, the Vikings didn't have one, and they were assigned one. They were assigned a security guy. So that's my third one. Let's see. What else can I come up with? Hmm. I mean, there's to go back, there's there's lots of stuff. I'll I'll stick to the 2000s. Okay. Because it feels like what, if we go back to the 90s, I mean, we got all the Dewey arrests back right. in the 90s. Um, we've got a lot of embarrassing things. Um, Is Teddy's knee blowing up? That, that's a good one. I was going to say that's a good one. Uh, the whole Moss 2010 Childress releases them without telling ownership's a good one. Like there's a lot that. of 41 Donut. <laughs> Just it, not because it was heartbreaking, but I mean, you got beat 41 Donut in the Conference title game is a good one. Teddy's knees probably because he was going to be, and he could have been. We still don't know, and sadly, we'll never know. He could have been the quarterback of the future for sure. Um, I mean, the Moss thing was just a complete mess in him coming back. Nate, so Nate Pool Cardinals game, yeah, that's another one. I mean, that, no, that's, that's probably right. No, right up there. yeah, that's a good one Nate too. Pool's probably a it, it's one. remarkable, like just in the two thousands. And there's plenty more after that, but yeah. it is remarkable how many like regrettable, difficult, embarrassing moments this <laughs> franchise has truly had. And that's where I'll give Zimmer some credit. Yes. Zimmer yes. and Rick as a as a duo have done a really good job of cutting down on just the BS. Yeah. I mean, Brian McKinney got let go because he came into training camp with such a high cholesterol that they were that they basically were afraid he might die. Not like you're out of shape. They let him go. He was so grossly out of shape. Yeah. I mean, it's Viking stuff. Outside of the AP situation with the switch. I mean, that's another one. They, they've done. Yeah, that's another one. And that's too. another. Yeah, you're right. Black eye. But in, but in terms of the Zimmer yep. Spielman era, cleaning things up and accountability and all that noise, they've done a very, very good job. Yep. That's a solid list. And I think the Wilfs deserve credit yeah. for some of that. But uh, yeah, the AP one. I mean, that's that, you know, that's still and then saying that, oh, yeah, he's just going to play. And everyone being like, you can't just play him. Radisson ditching the sponsorship. Oh, yeah, that was. Well, you might not. You might. The lesson there, you might not want to do a football, uh, take a football sponsor and do a press conference about a guy who clearly has abused his children or child in front of the sponsor. Yeah, maybe not. That might be a bad idea. Maybe not. All right. All right, sir. We good? I think we're good. Purple Daily, we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we have a couple bonus episodes coming up on Sunday and Monday. 
uh, on our feeds as you're enjoying your um, your multiple beverages, your hot dogs, whatever you're doing at the Fourth of July. Please be safe, by the way, for God's sakes. I hate to be that person, but just oh please boy. be safe. Don't go out drunk on a boat. Is yeah, that what you're don't, saying? Don't do that. We have don't, uh, don't drown. A lot of drownings. I was reading the story. That's scary. We have some uh, Brett Favre stories, part two with Sage Rosenfels. That'll be out tomorrow. That was good stuff. And then on Monday we'll have uh, the. Us breaking down the AP two ninety six game. So we do not have we do not have uh, vent line this weekend. Correct? No vent line this because weekend. of the Fourth of July. Yep. Nope. I'm going to give I'm going to give everyone a, a chance to enjoy their. You send out some July. fireworks. I don't do fireworks. I don't either. I I just the older I've gotten, I just I don't care for them. They they annoy me. They're they're a nuisance. They you, scare me. They, they scare me. Dogs don't like them. They I, can you hurt know. you. Estelle, the dog, not like fireworks. You know she is remarkably good with fireworks and lightning. I've never seen a dog so calm. She doesn't seem to care. Hmm. Very, very weird. Enjoy the fourth. We'll talk to you soon.